0: Hello, I'm Mary, and you're listening to First Pages Readings. In this podcast, I explore reading and celebrate books as cultural messengers. Each episode, I'll read from three books of either fiction, nonfiction, young adult, middle grade, or poetry. Hello and welcome to First Pages Readings, Episode 18, and thanks for joining me. Today I'll be reading from three young adult books, so let's get started. Today's first book is Dear Martin by Nick Stone. This book tells a traumatic story with a purposeful and clear and reflective voice. Once you begin reading it, it's hard to put down. The book is brilliant and deserves all the accolades it's received. The first page of Dear Martin. From where he's standing across the street, justice can see her. Melo Taylor ex-girlfriend, slumped over beside her bends on the damp concrete of the farm-fresh parking lot. She's missing a shoe, and the contents of her purse are scattered around her like the guts of a pulled party popper. He knows she's stone drunk, but this is too much, even for her. Just shakes his head, remembering the judgment all over his best friend Manny's face as he left Manny's house not 15 minutes ago. The walk symbol appears, As he approaches, she opens her eyes and he waves and pulls his earbuds out just in time to hear her say, what the hell are you doing here? Justice asks himself the same question as he watches her try and fail to shift to her knees. She falls over sideways and hits her face against the car door. He drops down and reaches for her cheek, which is as red as the candy apple paint job. Today's second book is A Wizard of Earthsea by Ursula K. Le Guin. This author was a pioneer and one of the OGs of modern YA fantasy. Her books crossed publishing barriers and with skilled storytelling and beautiful language, this book is a classic. The first page of A Wizard of Earthsea. Warriors in the Mist. The Island of Gaunt, a single mountain that lifts its peak a mile above the storm-wracked North Sea, is a land famous for wizards. From the towns in its high valleys and the ports on its dark narrow bays, many a gauntish man has gone forth to serve the lords of the archipelago in their cities as wizard or mage, or looking for adventure, to wander working magic from isle to isle of all earth sea. Of these, some say the greatest, and surely the greatest voyager, was the man called Sparrowhawk, who in his day became both dragon lord and Archmage. His life is told of in the deed of Ged, and in many songs, but this is a tale of the time before his fame, before the songs were made. He was born in a lonely village called Ten Alders, high on the mountain at the head of the northward vale. Below the village the pastures and plowlands of the vale slope downward, level below level, towards the sea, and other towns lie on the bends of the river R. Above the village only forest rises, ridge behind ridge, to the stone and snow of the heights. The name he bore as a child, Dunny, was given him by his mother, and that and his life were all she could give him, for she died before he was a year old. Today's third book is The Raven Boys by Maggie Seavater. This author is another great storyteller and with this book she creates an original world and compelling characters. The book is fun to read and it's difficult to put down. The first page of The Raven Boys. It was freezing in the churchyard even before the dead arrived. Every year, Blue and her mother Mora had come to the same place, and every year it was chilly, but this year, without Mora here with her, it felt colder. It was April 24, St. Mark's Eve. For most people, St. Mark's Day came and went without note. It wasn't a school holiday. No presents were exchanged. There were no costumes or festivals. There were no St. Mark's Day sales. No St. Mark's Day cards in the store racks. No special television programs that aired only once a year. No one marked April 25 on their calendar. In fact, most of the living were unaware that St. Mark even had a day named in his honor. But the dead remembered. As Blue sat shivering on the stone wall, she reasoned that at least, at the very least, it wasn't raining this year. Every St. Mark's Eve, this was where Mora and Blue drove, an isolated church so old that its name had been forgotten. The ruin was cupped in the densely wooded hills outside of Henrietta, still several miles from the mountains proper. Only the exterior walls remained, the roof and floors had long ago collapsed inside, What hadn't rotted away was hidden under hungry vines and rancid-smelling saplings. The church was surrounded by a stone wall. If you liked listening to this episode, please leave a review and tell me what you think.